Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Flames Fancast. My name is Tyler. I'm here with your co-host Jenk and we're starting something new. We're going to talk about the Flames from a fan's perspective. Get the fans involved as if you were sitting down with your friends, if you have any, uh, over a beer or two or nine, talking about the Flames in a very informal and of course still passionate setting. So lots happened over the summer for the Flames in terms of trades, in terms of free agent signings, in terms of uh, finding prospects from the college setting. So we're going to talk just about a few of those things today and see how it goes. So let's start uh, from the crease. And and Jank, what do you think about our our number one, new number one goalie, Mike Smith? Is he our number one? He has to be. Come on, for living, worked with the guy. He came in before before July first. Yeah, he's he, he's got to be the number one guy. I like Mike Smith. Um, I'd like to think that he still has a couple more seasons left in him that he can perform at a high level. I mean, I know that he's super passionate. Like you see videos like on YouTube on him. Like he just like always fist pumps the air when he's saving like those penalty shootouts or when they have a win. Like the guy. We need a guy like that. You know, Elliot didn't have that last season. Elliot never showed any types of passion whatsoever. If yeah, anything, I, think, I think he showed a lot of frustration. Yeah, but that's, it's easy to be upset than happy, man. Like, he, he just put his head down when he got a couple goals scored on him. That was it. You knew it was over for him. We, we, we don't need goalies like that. We need goalies that are going to be able to step up to the plate. A guy like Mike Smith, super experienced, ready to play, loves Calgary, loves to win. We need a guy like that. Like, and for the last few seasons now we've had a situation where we've had two good goalies or two goalies that can compete but we've never had a guy that like actually stepped up and just was the bona fide number one well i think i think what you're saying is like like last season elliot elliot came in being our our bona fide number one guy he was the guy who was supposed to you know play the 60 65 games for the flames and and take the majority of the workload but through as the season progressed you know you, you heard um Gulitzan talking about, like, uh, who knows, if you win, you're in type yeah. mentality. Yeah. And we know that for, for small stretches, but for stretches of the season, that Elliot was not the number one choice. Johnson played a lot of that. And then we took Elliot as our number one guy into the playoffs, and boom, we got swept in four. So I think Mike Smith comes in with that expectation that, yeah, you know what, you're going to be our number one guy. I can't, I can't see Eddie Lack really, really pushing for that at all. No. And I just, I just think that, you know, with for living knowing Mike Smith and us trading for him to acquire him, and even us getting Arizona to keep part of his salary, which was a good part of the deal, I think they're definitely keeping him in that number one slot for sure. And I, like you were saying before, I remember being at a game where Calgary was beating Arizona 3-1 and they just scored the fourth goal. And Mike Smith, he was visibly furious. Like, he was frustrated. He, he was just straight pissed off at everything and everyone. And, I mean, the goal was by no means his fault. But, you know, he's losing 4-1 again and again. It's a repeat story for the Arizona Coyotes. And I think he's just f- frustrated with that fact. So, the fact that he's coming here, he sees a chance to win. We really built the team up this year for a capacity to make a long run into the postseason, hopefully. So, I think that... That's what they're going to do. It seems fairly obvious to me, too, that ever since Charlene came in, you know, he has a philosophy, in my opinion, where he's trying to build from the ground up. So we've been focusing on strengthening our goalies, and it kind of shows since we've almost had a turnaround of six goalies in the last three, four years now. Like, we've 
But I we've mean, turned around a lot, if, and in our defense has been getting strengthened, right? And then our forwards are slowly getting there. But he's. It sounds like he's trying to go from the back forward, which is good, right? But we need someone to finally just step in, be a bona fide number one, not have emotional problems when he gets the easy goal scored on him. Like I remember, I remember Elliot in the playoffs, man. That last game before we got, before we got eliminated. Like he let in those two goals, like that one goal, and then like. <laughs> <laughs> he had his head yeah. down the whole time and like look these guys are professionals like they're supposed to be able to go through that and you know we're not ones to talk we're not in that position but you know if you're a professional you're supposed to do your job as best you can I know it's tough especially when you let in a weak one and he let in one weak one per game in that series well I, I think right? too it was, wasn't it game three we'd lost two on the road and we came back or yeah we lost two on the road and we came back yeah but those were but we could have won those road games. Game three was going to overtime, and in overtime, I think within the span of ninety seconds, the Ducks had scored, and uh, the game was over. And I just remember being in the dome, and nobody at all seemed surprised. Yeah. No one was. They were just kind of like, "Well, I saw that coming." But, yeah. It's but, ridiculous. You know, it, which leads me to say, like the Smith and Eddie Lack versus Elliott and, and Johnson. Is this an upgrade over last year, or is this just more more of the same? On paper, I think it's an upgrade. Um, I just I'm worried about it being the same thing again because we it wasn't long ago that we had you know Hiller, right? Oh, Gary Ramo and, and Ramo, right? So Hiller and Ramo, then it became Elliot and Johnson, and now it's Mike Smith and Eddie Lack. So you you're we are literally overhauling the goalies every season right now, which is also. A little bit worrisome because if you're Mike Smith, you're super competitive. You're like, well, shit. Like, I'm coming to a club that has, like, basically turned around their goalies faster than anything else. Well, that's because the goalies haven't been performing. Right. So now there's some extra pressure on this guy. But he, I think he's, he thrives under pressure. So I'm hoping it works out for him. Eddie Lack's coming in. He probably knows he's going to be the backup. And, you know, it's a little ironic on the side that... Eddie Lack of all people has come to the flames because I do remember distinctly we were making fun of his parents at one point in the dome during the playoffs. But anyway, that's in the past, I guess. <laughs> I don't think Eddie remembers I don't, that. Nah, he probably yeah, doesn't. Too busy maybe posting, he does. uh, posting on social media. Yeah, maybe, yeah so, and, and that's another thing. Like, you know, Eddie, you know, he, there's, there's an element of confidence, though, to be able to post that kind of stuff on social media. Like, I know... All the players out there, especially the younger ones that are coming to the leagues and any sport really, they're all like balls in on this social media thing. And like, if he wants to juggle three tennis balls on social media, so be it. Like, I don't really care. Like, to me, there's a bit of confidence in that. Like, if you're not a confident guy, you're not posting yourself doing things like that. Don't forget, he was also bouncing them off the wall and juggling. Like, that's. I know. That's See, that's talent. that's talent and confidence. Keeping three balls in the air at once. <laughs> we just need him to be able to come into the game and do what we need him to do. Um, I really don't want to see this whole thing you win you play scenario anymore because I think it does unsettle established goalies. I think Elliot got unsettled with that whole. Um, well, I, that approach. I think that theory only came in long after Elliot had been given many chances. Yeah, but. But I, I do understand what you're saying. You know, if you if you've come in under the under the understanding that you're the number one guy, yeah. you're here to be in the net day in day out for the most part, and all of a sudden that's changed because maybe you don't think you're necessarily playing bad, but you're not the number one guy anymore. Yeah, that that would be very deflating. You'd lose well, a lot yeah. of confidence. Well, think about it this way: you're say you're Mike Smith. It's third period. You're playing the Kings. 
and you know the game is like 3-1 and like we're not mounting any chances what does that do to your confidence knowing that like all right you know i'm gonna lose this game and now i'm not gonna start next game because our offense can't generate anything how's that my fault like he probably wouldn't think how's that my fault he's more of a team guy I wouldn't be a team guy, but that's why I'm not a pro. But <laughs> frankly, like if you're a goalie and you know that you're not starting next game or a high chance of not starting next game just because you know the team couldn't score for you, that that's kind of bullshit too, right? And as a goalie, you're probably sitting there going like, well, what what's the point of me? So I have to win ten in a row to stay in that. Like it it isn't really a good place to be either. And I could see why Elliot had probably confidence issues with that. Because he's probably like, you know, I work my balls off. And some games, we just can't score. No, And that's really not the goalie's fault. If anything, there were games where Elliot was keeping us in the game and keeping it tight. Yeah, that's Especially true. when he had there that run, like right? That for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to make sure that the Flames are I just, I just think, approaching it differently. You know, Mike Smith's, as we've mentioned before, Mike Smith's character is different than, than a Brian Elliott, than a Jonas Hiller, than a Kerry Rambo. Don't get me wrong. These for guys sure. are all professionals. They all want to be successful. They all work hard to be at that level but he just has that that visceral passion and that fire in, yeah. in his gut that just says I, I absolutely hate losing and I want to do anything I can against that and you know a slight plus I think that we have from him coming from Arizona is that he's probably fucking tired of losing to LA and San Jose and Anaheim all the time and he's like I want to get one over on these guys exactly. like Corey Perry such a fucking kind you know you don't want that guy to score on you anymore like I just want to stop that yeah. piece of shit and it's coming to Calgary you know we don't want uh, we, well we do want to end that 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 curse of never being able to win in the Honda Center yeah. because that that thing is alive and well you know me I don't believe in curses or anything like no, that man. but oh man that, we that really need to win there and our third game of the year is in Anaheim so hopefully it'll be a chance to to brush that monkey right off the back and oh, yeah. kick its ass straight into LA or something like well, that. Well, I mean, that, that's like that's another angle because there was, I don't know if you remember this, when we did have Hiller in that and when we did beat Anaheim that one game and he just like jumped in the air and like yeah. totally did that like... That was, that was a home pump. game though. But that was a home game, but like, you know, we can expect that from Mike Smith, I think, on a more consistent basis. And, you know, and here's the other reality. Mike Smith... You know, he was an Olympic caliber goalkeeper. He was the best Canada had to offer at one point. So he has the talent. He has the experience. He's got the leadership. He's got the drive. I do, I do have more hope this year. But last year, if we, if we had this podcast last year, I would have told you straight up that this Elliott thing is not going to work out. I did say that. I, I didn't believe it. Like, there was nothing that he, you know, nothing shouted out to me that he was going to be leading this team. It was a good pickup. I didn't think... But I didn't think he was going to lead us anywhere special. See, anyone who kind of gets booted out of St. Louis by Jake Allen, to me, that's a warning sign. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just I cannot forget that, that World Juniors game where Jake Allen just completely shit the bed and we lost to the Americans. Mm-hmm. That was That's just Jake Allen, this guy, is going to be... No, no I can't. Yeah. Anyhow, St. Louis, good luck to you. <laughs> well, not that much luck. Just, <laughs> just uh, you, you talked about before how Treliving builds from the back up. Yeah. I was a bit surprised that we didn't give one of Gillies, Rittich, or even Parsons a chance in the backup spot this year, and we signed Andy Lack instead. That's leaving three of our really quality goalie prospects uh, outside of the NHL. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? We got depth. I mean, that, there's really no other thought here. I think as an organization, we've actually struggled to 
bring up our talents from the farm. I don't remember outside of, I honestly can't remember beyond Brody and Gio where we've brought guys from the farm and they've like kept their place and have become core players for the team. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And if anyone's listening out there, I'm sure I'm missing someone, but those are the two that stand out. You know, we brought up... Uh, well, Goudreau wasn't really in our farm, right? Goudreau was pretty much straight in. We drafted him. I guess we, he played in Boston College. He, right. So he played in college. Then he comes and he starts playing on the first team right away. He actually played one game in that one season against Vancouver and scored. And yeah, he was number 53 yeah. or whatever. But then he got into the team the next season. So we didn't really sit there and build these players from the farm. But we had we have all this like depth. So, like, for example, let's look back to um, our other goalkeeper that didn't really pan out, but he was supposed to be really good, Ordeo, right? You know, we brought him up, and there was that one season where he actually won us, like, four or five or six games in a row, and then he lost, and then he got sent down to the minors again. Like, that, to me, means that we don't have confidence yet in our players in the system. If you look at Detroit, Detroit keeps those guys for years, and they bring them up in, like, their mid-20s. Well, and these they, goalies they kill are getting it. close to their mid-20s now. Right. So I think, I think we got... Gillies is good. You know, I think we got good depth. But I think we really need a plan here. Like, if Mike Smith does what we hope he does and what we think he can do, then, you know, you could probably use lack as trade bait and then start bringing up Gillies or whoever and get them playing some games. Because the reality is they're not going to get better. They're going to cap at a certain level in the minors where they played every game and they've you know basically mastered the level of the play that's going on in that league you got to get him some games up in the in the majors here right so. I, think, I think we should just always trade our second round pick to san jose for a goalie <laughs> and then that'll somehow that'll work out like even yeah. if it just works out once every 10 years you're yeah. still good like we are long goalies like we are really long goalies so i mean we should be set theoretically but we've like i said we've we've gone through six goalies in three years now and we have these prospects sitting there ready to play. So there is, there is a bit of a management issue here, I think. And I don't know if Treloving is talking to Burke or Burke is talking to, you know, Gullitson or whatever. Well, who knows like, what that who relationship knows actually yeah, is. That's a different topic. But, you know, Treloving has to start managing, I think, this goalie situation better. Because I don't know any team in the league that's basically had the goalie turnover we've had in a while. Yeah. The goalie trouble? Well, it's just turnover. Like, like we've lost four goalies in two years. I mean, I think teams have goaltending problems, but, you know, someone like Buffalo or Carolina is just sure. biting it for a while until Carolina signed Scott Darling and Buffalo re-signed Johnson, didn't they? Right, but not right. not the answers to your to your goaltending woes by any means, but No, but they're sticking by something, right? They at least have a plan. I just don't think those markets they're overtly concerned about winning. <laughs> well, I mean, the other, the other reality is that Lack is not actually a bad goalie either. But like, we're he's getting these, good we're for getting these players that come in like, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. But we're not signing anyone It's like, wow, that goalie is great. Yeah, we haven't really ever indulged in a star, really. Like, we've, we kind of got lucky with Kiprasov. I mean, really. Well, exactly. And, and then I mean, that's it, right? But isn't like, that how it always works with the goalies? You know, look at... Murray at Pittsburgh. Like, who the hell knew that until the guy That's started true. playing in the NHL? Well, even Holtby, right? Exactly. Like, Holtby came in that playoff series, and then that was it. He, he just solidified and was over. We don't, we don't have that guy. We never have that guy well, that came into the playoffs. One of these three prospects yeah. 
can be that guy. But they almost need an injury or something. And we don't, obviously, we're not wishing for anyone to be injured. But they almost need that, like, crazy opportunity where they have to play for, like, the next two weeks or something like that. And they play well, and then you keep them. Don't send right. them down. But that's, that was the audio mistake. The yeah. The audio mistake was, like, again, I don't remember how many games he won in a row. But there was, like, four or five games he won I in a row. I do remember him playing well. And yeah. he played awesome. That's when you just keep the guy. Don't, don't punish him for succeeding. Like, there's no need for that. But, I mean, it's a confidence thing, right? Goalies, goalies, are, goalies are, like, they have their helmet on, and it's their world. They're not talking to anybody. They're probably talking to themselves. You know, they're not going to the bench, like, every shift, and it's, like, you know, bullshitting with the other players, being like, hey, hey, you, you got to go down deeper to, the, deeper to the boards, or I need you in the slot when I'm behind the net. Like, he doesn't have anybody to talk to. No goalie does. So they're mentally already in their own island. They're, right? condi- they're conditioning themselves in their own ways. Exactly. They see them, they have their little rituals, they skate out, they stretch differently. Yeah. So they, they, you know, they got to have a carve strong, the ice in their crease a specific absolutely. way. Yeah. So They, they got to have a strong mental fortitude to handle this stuff. So, you know, we just need good character guys back there. We'll see. I think it's going to be good, but again, this last two seasons, I'm, I'm sitting there going like, well, yeah, Hiller was good too, right? Elliot was good too. So was so was Smith. So what's what's gonna happen now, right? Don't bench the guy just because he lost the game. Like that's all I ask. That's all I ask. Well, just have to wait a few months and see what happens. Yeah. Let's move up a few feet here. The blue line. What do you think, uh, Hamonich and Stone? Hamonich, I love it. That was an awesome pickup. We needed his size. He's a good hitter. He's strong defensively. He blocks shots. He's He's actually quite quick on his feet. Like is, you know, people don't really notice that kind of stuff. But he's he's very good laterally. Like he doesn't lose board battles. Like he's a great player. Does it does it bother you at all that he kind of acted up a bit to get out of New York? Yeah, that's just reality of the game, though. I don't think there are many players that. I don't know if it's him. You know, these agents are they're manipulating their 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 clients. You know, if they want, yeah. But the if your agent is manipulating you to go to Edmonton, I mean, come on. Yeah, but nobody, fire your agent. Nobody wants to go to Edmonton. Fire your agent. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to go to. Everyone wants to go to Edmonton now because they tanked for six years and they finally got like that generational prospect by fluke. And they totally did not deserve anything, including a stadium. But we can get into that later. Um, but Hamannik, like, Talk, you talking about Yakupov like that? <laughs> really? That organization is a gigantic failure, and like I. Like, I have absolutely no respect for the Oilers. Like, there is absolutely nothing... Well, any any no self-respecting self fan. Absolutely fan not. No shred of dignity cannot. Not even an Oilers fan with a shred, shred of dignity can look at my, in my face and tell me that they deserve what they get right now. You do not deserve it. Oilers fans, you don't deserve shit. Like, you don't deserve your stadium. You don't deserve McDavid. You don't deserve any of these things. And you didn't only got a good GM because you got the generational prospect. That's it. Otherwise, that GM has no fucking place anywhere in Alberta, let alone Edmonton, of like this biggest shithole in the province. Like, we don't, you guys do not deserve any of this shit. But anyway, <laughs> talk about Hamannick, because we were, we were talking about Hamannick. Anyway, great pickup. It's, it's been a while now, though, but the initial hoopla when he signed was, it, it was borderline euphoric. Like, everyone was excited. Oh my god, Calgary has such good defense, blah, 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 blah. But I, I, I don't know, like, what does he. What does he really bring to the Flames that uh, we don't necessarily already have? 
Yeah, like it's a good question. Like he's he, not bringing he, he's not bringing points, but he's bringing some size, and he's bringing the, we need a presence, and he's a good defensive player. Like Gio and Brody, are you signing this guy just to compliment Brody? Well, you're signing this guy to compliment more so our defensive numbers. Like you do need. You can't always have like your Carlsons and your Subans and Webers like on a team, right? Like you do need a balance, right? So every team. But I mean, have... we don't have a Carlson or a Subban or a Weber. No, no, we don't. The closest thing we have is probably a Brody when he's just gunning it up the ice. When he when he does that, he's actually quite successful. I kind of wish he would do that more again. But anyway, um, you have Brody, you have Geo, you have Hamannik, you have uh, Hamilton, you have Stone. Stone. And then Probably you know, Kulak, I think. Kulak had a he had a pretty good year last year. You know, there's guys Kalkowski. like yeah, there's guys like Kylington that are ready to come in and yeah. try it out. Like there's you know Rasmus Anderson. Like these guys are, you know, these guys are all touted good prospects too. So you know, it's actually a good setup if you look at it from high level. Like if you look at our five, our five is pretty good. It's it's very good. Yeah. So we have guys like you know with good hands like Brody and Geo. And then you have a guy like Hamilton, who's a good two-way. He's got good hands, too. You know, we could use... He could really start using his size a little bit more. Like, he's... He's tall and lanky. He's tall and lanky, but he does tend to just pull away from the punches, right? Like, he, he doesn't win the board battles. Like, And, you know, he's not that player, but, you know, he's got the size. He's got to use it from time to time, right? I'm not saying be a goon, but, you know, be an alpha out there. Don't be a beta player, right? Like, just... You, you always pull back. You always pull back. And actually, that could fuck you. It could injure you. Like, you, you got to be careful, right? But anyway, I think that the defensive line is good. I don't think it's as good as maybe a lot of the media is saying that it is. Like, in Calgary, when we picked up Hamannick, like, I remember people in the Herald, like, commenting on the article and, like, oh, we got the best defensive lines in the NHL again, blah, blah. We said the same shit when we got Hamilton. Yeah. And who did we have back then? We had Brody. We had Gio. We had... Weidman. Chris Russell and Dennis Weidman, who two players, no one will even touch for the most part. Like, well, Russell's Russell's solid. Did Russell? He didn't go back there. Ru- no, so Russell was solid for us, but there was like a hate on for him through the media, saying like the reason why he had so many blocked shots because he turned it over so much. Like, but that's so, true, right? Weidman so, and Russell were outshot five to one when they played t- five to one. Yeah, that that's, that's criminal. They should be in jail. Weidman should be in jail anyhow, but they should be in jail <laughs> <laughs> because of that. Like that's just that's horrible. You know, you, you have so many blocked shots because the opposition is always shooting on you. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, like that's that's why like you know people were saying how we were awesome back then, but if you really boil it down to the numbers, we're still not that good yet. But I'd say we're. We're probably top 10 in the league in terms of yeah, we're, a defensive. Yeah, we're definitely. I'd say like... Like maybe like an 8th or ninth or something I'd like that. I'd say we're... See, my main problem with this is that we don't have a player like Carlson. We don't have a player like Burns. And I know those are hard to get, but those players, they eat up so many minutes and they make such a difference for your team. Yeah. And, you know, our, 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 our best defenseman is probably Gio. Yeah. And he's a great defenseman. He's he's really good, but he's on the wrong side of 30 and he's he's not going to get any better. And I I don't really see Hamilton or Brody filling in yeah. like t- to be that kind of player that Geo is. Uh and even Hamilton's no way, but and Geo's got to transition more into that 
purely that leadership on the ice as well. Like, he is our captain. He's got a good voice. Like, everyone listens to him. Everyone respects him in the dressing room. Like, that's all you read about or hear about about him. But, yeah, you're right. We can't expect him to... So, I think Gio's turning point in his career was the day when he got injured at the Kings game. Yeah. When he got, like, can open there and, like, he just totally fucked up his arm or shoulder yeah. or whatever. Like, after that, he was never the same. And there's certain injuries that just totally screw a player's career. Um, he's still good, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be that candidate to make Team Canada anymore. He's no. not going to be, you know... So, team candidate for what, though? Well, I mean, candidate for even the All-Star game or Team Canada or whatever. Like, he... There was a point where that that very season he got injured, he was supposed to make Team Canada, like, it was supposed to be great for him, right? He was supposed to be the pinnacle of his career, and it just shot like that. It's still, again, it's not to say that they're a bad pair. They're actually a really good pair to have on the team. Um, but we're, the upside potential on Gio obviously is not there anymore. Like, he's, if anything, we just need him to maintain his current performance and just be a good leader. TJ's got to start... I think I'd like him to kind of really quarterback that power play, too. Absolutely. TJ's got to start bombing down the ice, too. He was amazing. That's when he made his breakout on the Flames. He would have that speed and just break out down, and we'd always have odd man rushes whenever he'd have the puck. Because he would join in the play, and all of a sudden we have three forwards deep in the opposition end, and all of a sudden we have this fourth guy coming in. Totally Niedermeyer style, just coming in, either into the slot. Well, that's or when we were just playing run. pure rush hockey. Right, and it didn't work because Goldson tried that last season at yeah, the beginning, did, yeah. and it was failing miserably. And it was failing miserably because a, you know, we were sitting there getting all these attacks back. You know, Elliot was getting peppered with shots at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him at all at the beginning of the season. He was getting peppered, and then we started doing more of a counter, and it started working. But again, I still think G- and maybe Hamannick is the guy that's going to be like. Well, Hamannick is going to stay home when he goes forward. Exactly. For sure. But that's but that's maybe what Gio needs. Someone that's very defensively that's aware. Oh, sorry, yeah, Brody. I'm talking about Brody. So, you know, someone that's defensively aware, who's got a good like kind of defensive stay home mentality, like a Hamannick, that might be a perfect pair. Well, maybe even, they'll be our best you, pair. You'd even watch at any point last year at any Flames game, really. You could see. You could see five flames in the crease at any given point. Like, mm-hmm. And I mean, I have no problem with that, really. Mm-hmm. Goal's a goal. And I, and I mean, uh, if they start breaking out with the puck, well, that's why you have a stick. And that's, it's yeah. called hooking and slashing, my friend. Yeah. And they don't, they don't, it's, like, it's like the old roughing. It never got called. It never gets called now. No. So we'll have to see what happens this year. But, and I mean this with all sincerity. I actually, you know... He was paired. Brody was paired with England for a good part of the season. But England didn't play poorly. No. So. But England's England is not as good as any right. of these five players right. we have now. Right, and that's kind of what I'm getting at, and that's why I'm saying it's you know with all due respect, like I actually love England, and I didn't want him to leave. I actually think we're gonna miss him. But with all due respect to England, like when Brody has the puck and he's on the same line with them, Brody can't just bomb down the ice because he can't leave him back there. That, that's true. I think he, can, right. he has a lot more confidence in leaving Hamannich there. Exactly. So there is, there is a potential to see those two become a very good pairing. Like something that we haven't seen in a long well, time. Well, I think if you can really get Gio and Hamilton and Brody and Hamannich rolling, yeah. play these guys, you know, 20, 23, 24, 25 minutes a game. Limit that last pair to 10 minutes. And, and yeah. yeah, you can really make it work. But... You know, we don't have 
We don't have one of the top defender, defenders, single players in the league, yeah. but maybe as a unit. We have a very strong top five defense. But I mean, I, I just feel, you know, if it, if it gets found out in any sense or teams find a weakness in some, some capacity, boy, it might be a long season. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I don't think that'll be true because... You know, you got Stone, and you can rotate him in anywhere. I mean, I don't Stone's rate I don't rate him as highly as I rate any of those top four. Yeah. But you know, if there's an injury to say Brody or Geo, and Stone is the guy to step in, I'm a lot happier with that. Yeah, I mean, he did all right when we got him. So I mean, he's a good fifth, sixth guy. Like, I don't that like he's he's a good fit, I'd say. But anyhow, Anglin, if you're the Vegas GM, how 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 absolutely stupid are you? You know that Anglin, he lives in Las Vegas. He has a house in Las Vegas. He wants to play in Las Vegas. And he's a UFA on July 1st. Like how, you're, so, you're so dumb to select him from the Flames. Yeah. Like, why don't you pick one of our prospects? Why don't you pick, pick uh, Kulak or Anderson or anyone? Yeah. A- any of those players. And then you can take Anglin, you can sign him on July 1st. And he's going to come for sure. Because he's gonna play in Vegas, and he, he he gets to play like that's just that they should they should fire that GM on the spot for that. Like if I knew that about that GM in that instance, yeah. oh I'd be I'd be furious. But you know, being a Flames fan, that was great for us because he's leaving anyhow. Yeah. And really, you know, you look at it there. I I like England too, but there there was no more space for him, and he he just kind of phased out and found a new home in Vegas, and Vegas just. I suppose, but he was like one of our better performing defenders last season. But is he really gonna? I think you have to give a spot to a young guy in the sixth slot. Yeah, I mean, we still we have to grow our franchise here, but like, England is still that, and I I still maintain this, and a lot of people don't agree with me, but you do need your you need your goons, like you do need a guy that can come in and beat the shit out of someone for cheap cheap shot. Well, that's why we have we have Goudreau, Goudreau man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Goudreau's He's gonna come with in those fists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's playing punch out. He's, all a, he's a new flurry. He's right? ready to yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Like we need a guy like that. Like why don't we just sign Conor McGregor and teach him how to skate? Yeah. Well, I mean, he'd probably do it for the right amount of money. Um, <laughs> I think like every team needs their goons, like one or two. Like you do need them. Like I know that it's it's been phased out of the game, but there's just a mental factor of that. Like he doesn't actually have to go out there and beat the crap out of someone. After they do a cheap check on Goudreau or Backlund or whatever, you know, you just need to be able to just have a guy on the bench stare the guy down that did the hit. And that's usually more than enough. And like, you know, even when Kachuk had that like, you know, after that whole like, what's it? What was Dowdy. Dowdy. The whole Dowdy thing. Like, you know, these guys, first of all, these players like in the league, there's, there's a bit of a maturity like fall back here a little bit like Come it's not man. like it's not they're like hockey players well, every one of them has a few screws loose up there yeah your like, hand gets railed into the board so many times but you, you know have like, four teeth left for sure like they're 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 warriors right they're the guys that go on the front lines and that's that's all good that's their career pass and they're killing it they're doing better than me so I, <laughs> you know my hat's off to them like i really can't say anything but in as as just as someone that watches these games in and out like you need to understand that guys like Kachuk or whatever who are super stuck into the game who are also talented who can get an eye for goal and and just create chances you know when he's getting targeted by an entire team 
just because he hit... He's also 18 at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because he, you know, did what he did to Dowdy... Where's the honor in that, right? Well, right. Like, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you need a guy like an England and someone else. Like, I hate to say Cassian, but whatever. Like, just a, just a goon that can come in there and be like, okay, if you guys target him, you're going you're gonna to have to answer to me. And that usually ends that stuff pretty quick. It does. Like, bring back John Scott, man. Like, every, this guy got totally, like, Land voted off the like, island, man. Yeah. Like, after the All-Star game. Which is bullshit, by the way. NHL should be fucking ashamed for themselves. Like, it's your fault for making the fan votes, idiots. So, what do you expect, man? I'm gonna it, fucking... It, the same I'm gonna thing vote happens some, yeah. year after year. Yeah, I'm gonna vote some random Estonian kid now. Like, let's just do it. Everybody hashtag some Estonian hockey player and just get him onto the All-Star game. Anyway, so... You, like bring guy like a guy like that back because you know those guys are they they kill the play they, that's their bread and butter man no matter no matter what we say about England I will never forget that time he fought two Vancouver Canucks players by himself in the corner he just had one in each arm one of the greatest moments in that that was that was, that was really <laughs> unforgettable so if we're looking at the forwards now. Um, I think for me, a lot's happened. Like players have resigned, RFA's have resigned, and you know we still have Troy Brower, and we still have Troy Brower. Vegas didn't take Troy Brower. Brower. They took Derek England. They did not take Troy Brower. Um, But we still have Troy Brower. (laughs) What who who's gonna play on that right wing with Goudreau Monahan? Oh man, I couldn't tell you. Like. We've tried putting Bennett there. We've tried putting, you know, Brower there, I guess, like, the odd time. Uh, I mean, you know, like, Furland was doing okay for a bit there. He, you know, he had a, you know, he had a handful of good games with them. Like, I mean, toward, toward the end of the season, he was actually on that line the whole time. He did okay. And Furland's a good player. He works hard. But you do need a guy that's going to complement kind of the... The, almost the mental aspect of Monaghan and Goudreau because they're almost like very linked mentally. They always know where each other are. And you need a guy that's going to be able to complement that a little bit. You almost need a power forward with some size that has hands. That, that can win the puck in the hard areas exactly. and then get it out because to Because Goudreau and Monaghan are not... And you really don't want them to get into the boards and try to win the puck that often, right? Like, they'll have to do it, obviously. They, you know, they're responsible well, you, for that. Goudreau but. can't. Goodrow can't, but he, but Goodrow does have a knack of forcing turnovers. Like he's actually very Datsukish on that. And well, then like, now that Datsuk's not playing, he doesn't have to worry yeah. about getting hit mid ice, you know. So but yeah, but like, but that's kind of what I mean. So you do need a guy. I would have loved the Radulov because you know he's a guy that's, you know, he's experienced. He knows how to play with good players. You know, he has, he's got the vision, and he'll he'll go into the boards and, like, make sure that, you know, he'll put in a good fight for the puck. See, I, th- I think we really missed out on, on Justin Williams. Like, he went to Carolina. Yeah. Uh, why, I don't know. I guess they paid him significant money. But, I mean, I think he would have taken a slight pay cut, come here, you know, hey, you're going to come in, slot right in on our top line. Mm-hmm. You're going to play with Goudreau. You're going to play with Monaghan. We want you to really mentor these guys and coach these guys and and, and nourish these guys in their growth, but we didn't we didn't go for it. And I mean, you, you don't have to sign him to that long of a deal, like no, one or two years tops. Exactly. And I think, I think maybe he's the kind of player who'd who'd look at this and say, yeah, I, I'd like that opportunity. I'd, I'd like to play there. 
And, you know, just like we were talking about with Mike Smith being the number one guy, you just tell him, you're coming into that spot and this is where we want you to be. I, I think it would have been a good fit. Radulov, he would have been good too, but that, that contract is something I don't know if we could have swallowed that. No, no. Especially with uh, Bennett being an RFA and, you know, all those other contracts that had to come up, which surprisingly, I thought we got a good deal on Ferlin. Lazar's deal was... Lazar was, was was to be expected, yeah. like just the, the minimum yeah. or close to minimum amount, and just hey man, actually do something for an NHL team this year. Yeah. But uh, Williams, what do you th- what do you think about trying to sign? You know, because it's 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 early August right now, and Iginla and Yager are still available. Yeah. Two right wing players that you could sign potentially cheap. You know, I know Yager has talked about. I, I think I, what I've heard from him is just that I really want to play in the NHL still. Yeah. And I think he he was just on Florida with all those young guys and to say, hey, here's a chance for you to come to Calgary, a team that's got uh, a lot of media accolades as being, you know, you've really grown this year. You're going to compete with the top teams in the Pacific Division, which I'm afraid to say might look like Edmonton this year. Um, do you think Yager would be interested in that kind of thing? Or, or Ginla maybe even? I'd be a big fan, like especially if it was two years ago. If you asked me this, I'd be totally in for getting Yager on that first line. He, he is would forty five so, now. Yeah, but I mean, do you remember the games that we played against Florida last season, and I, where I, he just yeah. monkeyed with TJ Brody? He's he still monkeyed good. with them. Like he terrorized them on the on the ice. Like he would take the puck away from him, stick his ass out because he's got a massive ass. Like when he's playing, like Yager's got that distinct body structure when he's bent over and just protecting the puck. No one, he's like a, he's like a boulder man. Like you can't like stop this guy. Like there's nothing wrong with having him on the team for the right price, and just being a mentor. He doesn't even have to play on the first line, but he can mentor a guy like. Goudreau, Monaghan, and provide that expertise and that experience and the, and the board battles well, and the vision. I, like, he's got all that you need. And I think, too, if but you can sign yes. him to, the, to that one-year deal. Yeah. And then even, even... Who do you have on the team right now that could fit into that spot? You have Nashville right wing, Troy Brower. You have... Um, Furland's played there. Bennett's played there. Uh, you just have Spencer Fu who could come up, but I don't think that's... It's true. That's the answer. You need experience. Uh, I really think you need experience. Sure, they tried him there too. They did. I mean, he had a few good games. Like, I'm not taking away anything from Versteeg or Furlan. They both had good stints on that line, but it's still not complete. Even it, when you watch that, it's still not. It's not a bona fide first line. Still, if the season starts today with the roster that we have today, who who plays in that spot? I think for now you put Furland because he he did play with them. I mean, again, in the playoffs, like, there were times where Goldson took him off that line, but, I mean, he's the only one that's, <laughs> it's not saying much, but he's really the only one that's shown consistency with that line. Like, you know, Brower didn't show that, Bennett really didn't show it. And Bennett was way better with Backlund and... But uh, Bennett's and, not going to get a look in on that line. No. That, that, that's pretty much, that is, that is maybe yeah. our first line, but definitely our second line solidified. Backlund for Lee Kachuk is definitely, there's, I think, yeah, is our... There's nothing changing there. Yeah, those, those three, we really pulled it off somehow with that. But Bennett also doesn't really belong on the third line either. If you want him to grow, 
you know, but he's also got to step it up. So it's but tough. Bennett, Bennett, Bennett's a center, right? Naturally, I, center. I hear you. you I know. So that's why you got to go with Furlan for now. Um, <laughs> Bennett's got to just eat it for now and just work hard, and hopefully he'll start. See if it was up to me, and I mean, I know we had a horrible season last year, but you just hope Troy Brower finds some of that magic, digs those pucks out of that corner, finds those guys somehow, and he's still playing for us, right? Yeah, he's he's on four point five million for a while, and I don't know who's gonna take that. Vegas didn't want it clearly. Fuck jerks. I really hope Troy starts stepping this thing up. <laughs> well, that would help. It would be really nice. That would help a lot. It would be awesome. We but... only want the best for the Flames, and if you could just play a little better than what you did, it would be really awesome. It would be beneficial for everyone, including yourself. Yes. That would be, if you're listening, Troy, which I doubt you are, but uh, play well. We're, we're all pulling for you yeah, now. Just we're, we're pulling for don't you. Worry about our, don't worry about our like sarcastic comments. Like Really, we actually deep down want to do... We're like the angry dad right now. We just want you to do well, but we're being dicks about it right now, so just... <laughs> Even though you're older than this. You anyway. can transform that A into an A+. Plus, okay, yeah. <laughs> or Nothing the, but the best. Or that D+. Plus. <laughs> that D. <laughs> okay, okay. And D. sort of retracted. <laughs> okay. oh. But too early for Fu, obviously. I think you yeah. got to let him... Does he play? Cook a little bit. Uh, I would say, let's see how the summer uh, camp goes. Uh, you know, guys like... So Fu, like... You, you know Mangiapane, like, he always kills it in the summer. Yeah. Just... But he never breaks it. And I, there's something weird there. So, you know, you have to go off the summer performances, but then let him play in the A. Let him show himself there. Because the A is a good measuring stick to see, is he ready to come up for a few games here and there and, and play? Like, you still got a Poirier that's sitting there, like, waiting for his chance. He didn't have a good season last year. And apparently he had some drinking issues, and he's yeah he's got some alcoholism problems. But you know there was an article about him like you know now he's good and he's ready to play and all that stuff. So hopefully you know maybe we need him to play because he's he's had that story. He's been successful before. Yeah. So he's a goal scorer. He's a natural, bona fide goal scorer. So we need him. Guys like him to start really stepping it up in the A this year, and then bring him up because he would be actually awesome on like a line with like a. Good draw money. But you see, you know, my problem with the Spencer Foo is that, do you remember when we signed Kenny Morrison? Yeah. And we got like a whole, it was a headline TSN page. It was like, Flame signed Kenny Morrison, college prospect, blah, blah, blah. The guy's shit. Yeah. Like, he's never going to make our team. And all these other prospects have just completely surpassed him. And he was supposed to be that guy. Like, wow, this is the guy. And I'm, I'm just concerned that, you know, we've signed another player. <laughs> Spencer Fruit, from what I know, not the biggest player. Not like your power forward. We maybe we have, you know, we got, we got Shinkarik, we got Fu, we got Goudreau, these diminutive forwards that just how many of those guys can you can you really carry on a team? And I don't know if the answer is too many. And maybe we we always talk about the flames going for size, but when we go for size, it's always for like that fourth line player who's fucking shit and like he can be replaced by pretty much anybody but you know size and scale well that's what you pay for in excess uh, especially if you're Edmonton and a certain uh, player that starts with an L ends with an Uchich <laughs> but uh, you know we won't, we won't mention that again. Uh, yeah what a horrible organization <laughs> so um, yeah like Fu's too early like 
I haven't really, you know, aside from YouTube clips and, and, and whatever, like, I haven't really seen the kid play. I've only read decent things about him. Like, still probably early. Like, at least with Goudreau, you know, everyone had his resume, you know, when he, before he played for us in the NHL. We saw him in the juniors. You know, he won the Hobie Baker. Like, he was just killing it for any time that he was, you know, in a playoff position, like in college or whatever. Came up for the Flames, scored a goal in his first game with them at the end of that season. Like, everyone knew that he was special. But there's really no hype about this other guy, right? Like, no. And it's not to say I'm diminishing his, you know, potential here. It's, well, he didn't win the Hobie Baker, did he? He, he was so. in the running, but he didn't win it. I don't think so. Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at the players that have won before, I, I can't... I remember seeing the list, but it wasn't like they were... First line NHL players. This is all unscripted, the time. by the way. So if we're wrong, we'll figure it out later. But <laughs> I don't think he did. So um, again, it's it's not to downplay him. Like he could be really good for us. I hope he is. But there's really no reason for him to be on the team yet. Yeah, that's true. Unless and, he kills it, right? And and Jank makes a good point. If we're if we're wrong at any point, of which I'm sure there's many. <laughs> Um, we're, we're not we're not exactly young men anymore, and we've been wrong many times in our lives. Please don't hesitate to, to write us or tweet us or contact us in it's some way. Like we're being idiots. We'll, we'll get that. We'll and get we that really set up. We don't want you guys to agree with everything we say. No, <laughs> like ever. If anything is going to add and content, you know why it's called Flames Fancast for a reason. You should have a say. You should have a voice. And one of the segments we want to have is a is a listener listener question segment where we actually address your questions. However absurd, you know. For example, Jank, would you marry a panther or something like that? But. Maybe we'll leave those questions out for now. How much money does a panther have? How? Well, <laughs> I think the pink panther is pretty pretty rich. But uh, that's the, that's the goal. Once we once we get this going and maybe it gains a bit of traction, you know, we can we can become much more interactive with you fine people because us ourselves we're, we're flames fans and that's what we'd like to do. So I think we'll leave it leave it there for today. Uh, we've covered quite a bit of ground in this uh, 40, 45 minutes or so. And we probably won't have anything super long like the other podcasts out there for any other team. Like we want to, we we made this one longer just because there's lots to cover. Yeah, and, I mean, and this is our first one. There's still lots to cover. Like you can talk about uh, management signings and re-signings, and you can talk about what Brian Burke says about the new arena, and you can talk about the new arena. Talk about his tie. Talk you know. about true living or lack of ability to tie ties. Yeah. Why do you wear that's that's why do you wear it if you don't tie it? Like what what's the point? Just I don't know. That's that's for another time. Yeah. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you later. See you next time. Yeah.